So there was the Yakuza episode, which does technically count because that was actually a weekly episode. But and then there was like also a long one somewhere, I think. Yeah, right? there's a there's a 55 minute one where I was like, oh, no, we rambled about stuff for way too long. And I should just split that off as a different episode. But now I know better. Now I'm just like, no, that's just part of the podcast. That's what we do yeah, here like on the cares? retro breakdown. We, we just we just ramble about our past podcast in a new podcast. Yes, that's that's what we do. <laughs> We, I mean, really, like, let's be real. It's not just that. We ramble about whatever it is that we feel like rambling about at that particular moment. And then we put that out and we're like, this is content. Yeah, it doesn't even matter if it has to do with the game like Sonic Spinball. It usually doesn't. Especially <laughs> not for, like, the first half of the podcast. Like, it, if we specifically and directly avoid talking about anything related to the game for, like, the first hour of the podcast, at least. That's true. Yeah. However, well, however, you want to know something cool? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I didn't really segue that particularly well. <laughs> okay, no, but seriously, probably the coolest thing that has happened since we started this podcast is happened yesterday. Oh, what's that? We got another we got another uh, email. More fan mail. More fan mail. Nice. Nice. This time, actually fan mail. <laughs> From people we know or no, don't know? No. Really? Really. Well, that's that's cool. <laughs> you don't even know how cool it is. Okay. Like, so I have been looking over the, uh, I, I've been looking over the uh, metrics for the podcast. And like, you know, we have probably just appear behind the curtain a little bit, um, you know. I'd say like a couple dozen listeners per episode at this point. Yeah. Um, pretty good considering where I thought this would be. Cause we're just kind of just doing whatever, but nothing, <laughs> you know, we're not like breaking any records here. We're just, we're All a small records. podcast with a, with a small audience. However, one thing that anchor does is breaks down your listenership by uh region. Right. Yeah. And I always thought it was weird that um, a pretty solidly high percentage of our listenership comes from Brazil. Okay. Um, yesterday, I, I learned why. R really? So, I'm, uh, I'm just reading. it's not Leticia. <laughs> no. It's not my wife. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just read you the email that we got at, uh, at, the retro breakdown at gmail.com where you can send us email. Yeah, please do. Um, so I have this person's whole name here. Obviously I'm not going to broadcast it, but their, their first name is Bruno. Okay. And the subject, the subject line of this email is you are huge in Brazil. We're huge in Brazil. <laughs> That's the subject. <laughs> The the email reads, well, you're not actually. 
but I'm pretty sure I'm your biggest fan around here, and the only one also. <laughs> I've stumbled upon your podcast after having played the first Legend of Mana slash Final Fantasy Adventure slash whatever it's called for Switch when I searched for podcast episodes on, on Spotify. The podcast episodes about it on Spotify. Yeah. I loved your episode right from the beginning as all the things about this game that made me laugh were highlighted by both of you as the funny parts. <laughs> I could relate to it, and so I started following all your episodes. Funny thing is, for a while, I didn't know anything about the podcast. Well, actually, I still don't. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you don't have that many listeners, as you mentioned never having received a message at this email. So I thought you might want to know that someone so far away is listening to you every week. I don't even intend to play 90% of the games you talk about, but I guess I just like the chat. For example, Man, it's so cool. It's bizarre how it's kind of bizarre how everything you said about the Republican Party transformation during the last decade or so resembles what's happening with Brazil and right with in Brazil with right wingers right now. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's good to know we're not alone, I guess. Not yeah. sure about this one. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Best regards from your Bra from your biggest Brazilian fan, but still the only one, though. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> He can, he can, uh, or they can, can, uh, know that, that there's at least one other one only, only by, only because she sort of has to be. I was <laughs> going to say. Since she lives with me. <laughs> I was going to say our, our new friend Bruno might be surprised to find that he is not, he may not technically be our biggest Brazilian fan. <laughs> but that's, but it's almost not fair. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like. <laughs> spouses have to be our fans <laughs> but i'm willing to bet you know i can't i can't speak for uh, leticia but i know i'm I'm pretty sure that bruno has probably listened to more episodes than jesse has oh uh, yeah no that's she well leticia hears half the episode <laughs> right what, yeah like just like <laughs> just like being in the room with you yeah she, she hears she hears what i say Oh man, man, that's well. That is all right. That's really fun, isn't that like the coolest thing? Yeah, because we had actually talked when I don't know, like maybe three months ago or something about where listens came from, mm -hmm. and you had talked about Brazil before, and I was like, well, I don't know, maybe it's someone Leticia knows, but I don't think so. Yeah, that's um, like that was the only thing I could think is like it's got to be someone, like it's it's got to just be someone that's like related because we have like a connection to Brazil, like right. we have a we have a few people that listen from. We have a fairly large listenership from South Korea, but like that's just the one that's just the one person that I know who lives in Korea. Yeah. And I know that because all of the listens come from their area that where yeah, they live. Yeah, exactly. So like I know who that is. So like I assumed it was just like someone that we were connected to. I it never occurred to me once that it would just be somebody who randomly found us and just became a fan of the podcast just through searching through yeah, but... searching on Spotify. <laughs> That's awesome. All those all those web crawlers are doing their job. <laughs> they uh they sent a follow-up message also just clarifying something. They said I didn't reread my message before hitting send and now I realize I started to say something and just forgot about it. What I meant by I didn't know anything about the podcast is I had no idea whether you were like the top video game podcast in the United States or just a small one with only a few <laughs> listeners. That's why I thought it was funny. But what I like the most about you is the camaraderie and the discussion of topics seemingly unrelated to video games throughout <laughs> each episode. 
Well, we we will we can definitely uh, continue that trend. I I was that that gave me a warm fuzzy because I was like, oh man, one of the things I'm most insecure about with the podcast is our inability to stay on topic. But Mm-mm. that kind of works, so let's just keep doing that. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, honestly, even if we tried to like think out uh, an outline of what we were supposed to talk about we would break it we we started out doing that for the first couple of episodes yeah we tried real hard to we we had like we had like documents that we we had we had a docket of things that we wanted to talk about yeah, we, whole... <laughs> oh that's right we had like links and everything that each yeah. one of us were going to talk about or yeah it's like news or headlines and then that yeah stopped and we'd, after we'd like share like the news story and everything be like we talk about this <laughs> talk about that and now it's just like did you play the game no okay let's talk about it <laughs> yeah, right so we might as well talk about Nintendo E3 because it's totally topical and not three weeks old at this point. Uh, it's I, at release, it will be exactly two weeks old. Okay, two weeks, two weeks. What? Let's let me let me just let me just run down the let me just run down all the stuff. Hey, this podcast is the Retro Breakdown. You're listening to it. I'm Time Wander. Mm-hmm. Twitch.tv slash Time Wander. YouTube.com slash Time Wander. Uh, this is Tom. He doesn't want you to search for him on the internet, but you can find him on Twitter. Well, it's more of just that I don't have anything exciting to share. <laughs> so so you can search for me all you want, but it's going to be a mostly empty Twitter account. I still think that your YouTube videos are cool. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if you want to look at outdated Diablo 3 guides, t- check them out for sure. It's still good content. It's not <laughs> useful content anymore, but it's good content. I guess content. There's, there's some fun like old let's plays if you want to see me do dumb voices for some games or something yeah that's what i'm saying and uh and if you want to send us an email like uh like bruno did and have and give us the give us the warm fuzzies uh you can send us an email at the retro breakdown at gmail.com and we will probably read it out on the show like we just did yeah for sure i mean i don't see the only way we won't is if there's (laughs) like hundreds of of emails but then maybe we'll just have a special email episode. Yeah, we could do that. If it comes to it, I'm sure we'll if, figure out if, a way to, to talk it, about it, something other than a video game. Yeah, if it comes to the point if it comes to the point where like we have to sift through emails and pick and choose which ones we read, like and we'll just make that a segment. We'll just yeah. make that like a, a segment at the end of the episode where it's like, let's read some emails before we sign off. So that's that's kind of the dream, because that's kind of like what the that's kind of what the podcast that I listen to do, and that's how mm-hmm. I wanted ours to go. But like, you know, at present we have two emails in hey, fifty episodes. That's good. That, so, that's that's a good that's a good percentage. Honestly, I never thought we would get any, so I'm fine with this. I, I'm not even I, kidding. Like, I thought we might get some from people I already know. Well, I thought maybe as a joke, like, or as like a, hey, I'm writing to you because I know you so well. You know what I mean? Like, right, as a, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought I thought someone from the Twitch channel might uh might send a message just to do it. I, I I never expected that someone from a different hemisphere who neither of us have ever met would uh would be like, "Hey, I found you at random and am now a fan." Yeah, that's that's, cool. that's really humbling. Anyway, yes, Thanks Nintendo E3. Yeah, so actually I just Right as we started this, Nintendo tweeted out a timeline of all of the games, and I shared it in your Discord. Oh, um, nice. So it's kind of perfect timing, actually. And if you open original, you can actually get a normal-sized image. 
Uh, so this is perfect because then we don't have to remember. Because I was like, God, what did they even announce or talk about <laughs> besides Metroid Dread? I couldn't think of things. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of the big one. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about Metroid Dread. That was awesome. Yeah, I did not expect that. I that also was... forgot that Metroid Dread was supposed to be a game like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I was I was looking into the. I don't remember which was Metroid Prime Three where they talked about it. Um, they there was actually a reference to something like Metroid Dread in the game in yeah. one of the in one of the like things you can scan. Yeah, or it's Prime like Two that. or Prime Three. It's a it's a it's a scannable thing in the environment. Yeah, and it makes reference to a Metroid project called Dread nearing completion. Yeah, so well, hey, I guess it was near. <laughs> I guess it neared completion ten years later. I mean, yes. Or 15 years later. Holy crap. Yeah, Metro- it, yeah cool. it's been about 15 years. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. Yep. But it's okay. We have another Mario Party that's just mini games, except it's different this time because there's boards or something. Because didn't, the th- didn't wasn't there a DS version of Mario Party that was just mini games? Yes. And people were like, what is this? Yes. And so like, no, this is totally different. Now there's four boards in it. Half yeah, of what there was, was in the original Mario Party. <laughs> yeah, the uh, there was a there was a Mario Party mini game collection, but they just cut the board game truck. Oh yes, they just cut the mini game part or the the board game part out of it, and it's just like just play the mini games. The worst part of Mario Party. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but but it's it's like on like standalone. It's not interesting to me. Yeah, you, I, you I enjoy need, the mini games. You need both sides of it. Yeah, you need a really mediocre party board game, and you need really mediocre mini games to make for an an all right experience. It's accessible, okay. That's that's what I mean. It's it's Mario Party is one of those games that everybody can play. Everybody gets some enjoyment out of it, but realistically, it's like not that great. Like when you compare it to other experiences that you could have, it's not even it's not even that good compared to like other party games no no that's what i mean it's just an okay game that if you played the original you probably have fond memories of removing layers of your skin while rotating a joystick around i do have memories of that <laughs> i literally I, took off... I i have memories of having an oven mitt <laughs> yeah. at hand so i can play mario party one I, I remember i remember doing the dumb tug of war thing and just going super fast and then being like oh i won and i looked at my hand and it was throbbing and like layer yeah. like layers of skin were missing i was like oh my god i didn't even notice it yeah like i didn't even realize i had someone thought i had touched a burner we, we, when it I was... looks like that <laughs> yeah there, there was we i went to like a i think i was going to a some kind of sports ball event later. i feel like this requires content or uh, uh, requires context well, so Mario Party has a lovely mini game where you fight Several. against Bowser. Several um, mini games, but specifically, this is the one that I remember doing it too because it was a big Bowser versus like three little characters. Yes, um, and you just rotate the joystick in a circle, and the N sixty four joystick was, I guess, it really wasn't designed for that. Um, it's uh, it's it's coarse. Yeah, and it's in the middle of the controller, so it's difficult to like get around in a circle with your thumb. Well, I think they expected you to use your thumb, but there's no way you can do it fast enough with your thumb. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I shouldn't say no way because I guarantee there's someone out there that's like, well, <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. Um, so someone out there has like an incredibly dexterous thumb and can do it. But it it requires you to rotate the joystick very quickly, which yeah. for starters just wears out the joystick. 
Yeah, I don't think they were thinking about. I mean, games still have you do that sometimes. And you're like, like okay, I recently played through Final Fantasy um, ten, and one of the one of the limits in that is to to rotate the joystick fast to get oh, like yeah. Lulu's magic like times. It's just it's it's a it's kind of a okay mechanic, but not but it's sort of stupid because it just hurts your joystick ultimately. Yeah. Well, yeah, in in Mario Party One, you have to. There's mini games that require you to rotate the joystick as fast as you can. And the only real way to do it fast enough to actually win the game is to just stick it in the palm of your hand and just use like like use the middle arm, of your hand basically. to just like rotate it in a circle yeah. as really fast. Which, because the N64 joystick is coarse and has like ridges, like ridges. on it, yeah, um, which was actually quite comfortable to play like a, a game with your thumb because yeah. your thumb didn't move around or anything. And it was the first one to, I mean, I mean to cut Nintendo some slack here, a, the joystick was not designed around <laughs> using it in a way that's weird. And B, it was the first joystick. Like that. I'm going to remove that benefit of the doubt and say, Nintendo made the game that required you to use it that way. So, oh, oh yes, yes. I'm not saying, well, that's, that's on Mario party though. Not on the joystick. True. It's it's on the software developers, not the hardware developers, but it's still Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's it's it's. it's but yeah, dumb. there was a there was a lawsuit about it because was there actually a lawsuit? There was actually that. a lawsuit about it. Yeah, um, because people were ripping the skin off the palms of their hands playing Mario Party because it was just causing it was just it was just like peeling your skin away and causing blisters. Yeah, no, I, I ripped enough skin off the hand where it like hurt to close my hand, and yeah, we were at a. I did we too. To, I think I think we were going to a basketball game or something that night. I don't remember, and the people we were with were like, "Oh my god, what happened to your hand?" Yeah, <laughs> like, they thought I had done something really really tragic. I was like, yeah, "Oh no, did I was just you playing video games?" <laughs> did you uh, did you catch one of those like four thousand degree heated iron balls that they drop through ice on those YouTube videos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing real hot potato. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it was not great. That's that's Mario Party in a nutshell. That's show. Mario Party. And to, so to their credit, they got rid of anything requiring a rotation of the joystick after Mario Party 1. Yes. Yeah. Which means um, you could probably not expect any of those mini, mini games in the new Mario Party collection. <laughs> I'm going to guess that's that's uh, that's a well, I, I would think it's a given that or they'll just change the like. They could add the minigames back in, but then just change the control scheme. True. It could be, like, button pressing or something. Or motion controls. Or motion controls, yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, the Mario Party with motion controls is actually a pretty great idea when you think about the minigames already kind of being just okay. So making them sillier is totally, I think, reasonable. Yeah, I actually... You know how I feel about motion controls in general, but yeah. motion controls in Mario Party games where, like... Because those games are kind of like imprecise and weird anyway. Yeah, it's just supposed to be fun, stupid. Like, yeah, you, you shouldn't be taking those games seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said it before. Like, I I am irritated by motion controls in games where they are asking you for precision. Yeah, yeah, because it's just not there yet. Yeah, because that, that just takes away from the that just takes away from the ability to do something like you know. I don't want to say optimally, but well, no, with, it does. with a that's, high that's degree reasonable. of control. Yeah. 
And you nothing, feel it. nothing in Mario Party is done with a high degree of control. No. So that's happening. I didn't, I was, at first I was like, oh, cool, they're releasing an update to the Mario Party they already made. Like, I thought it was just going to be like a DLC or an expansion or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, you get to buy the whole game again if you want to play it. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that's that's not happening. I did like Super Mario Party. The actual, like, original Switch Mario Party, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I know. That's what um, I'm saying. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to, I thought this was just, like, a, a a DLC for that. I thought that would be perfect. Like, you know, yeah. 20, 30 bucks, even, like, even yep. an extremely overpriced DLC of $30, like Pokemon, would right. have been reasonable. And the, um, the big thing is they fixed the online play, so you can do that, but, and oh by well. fixed the online play, I mean gave it online play. I, I, Nintendo has very, Nintendo just does Nintendo. It's, 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 I know you can't, I know. What, what's his name? Um, uh, Doug Bowser. He was Doug he was Bowser, <laughs> which I suppose they saw the interview or like they saw his name on a short list and they're like, well, <laughs> sorry, everybody else. There's absolutely no way we can not it, go with this guy. It made, so, it made for some great headlines <laughs> like Nintendo taken over by Bowser. Yeah, literally. Um, but he was he was talking about in one of the interviews he was saying how we love fan creations and we have a great community of people but sometimes we have to you know lock down on our IPs cuz it's important to have control over your IPs or whatever. Yeah. And I I was I didn't understand I understood the 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 political aspect of what he was saying but to actually take it at face value is kind of like I don't get it. What do you mean how does people creating fan games hurt your brand at all? <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's not like people are going to see that and think well nintendo made this game it's this a is... whole it's a whole thing no, uh, i was i was actually talking about it in i was actually talking about it with some people in discord because there was a discussion about whether metroid dread should cost 60 dollars. okay being that it looks basically like an upscaled version of samus returns which was a 3ds game agreed yeah that's actually what I, when i was watching the video of the of the release. I was like, well, this is really cool. It's happening. And not like me. I thought, Hmm, it's kind of, it's a little clunky looking for a switch game. Like it didn't seem quite as smooth or something. It was, it felt like a, 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 a well, a 3ds game, like an upscale yeah. 3ds game. So like the discussion basically boiled down to like, you know, should this be a $60 game? And what we basically landed on was it's gonna be, because Nintendo is going to stre- is going to slap Samus on the cover and put the word Metroid on it, and they're going to charge sixty dollars, and people are going to pay it. I mean, listen, a, if if they can because if it's they a Metroid get a, game, if they can get away with Skyward Sword being sixty dollars, there's no doubt in my mind that a brand new Nintendo yep. game will not be sixty dollars. But if Should anybody it? else put out, it, if anyone else put out Metroid Dread, that was like the exact same game with the exact same features and the exact same level of quality, but it didn't have the Metroid brand on it, that game is $30 at best. Yeah, maybe 40 And I think there's... I think that's fair, but that's why Nintendo fights to control those IPs. Because if people are getting super high-quality Metroid fan games all the time, and they just let those things happen then when it comes time for them to satiate everyone's thirst for a Metroid game, it's like people aren't as desperate for it. I don't know about that. 
like I think you're right. I think that's part of the thinking behind it. I I just don't feel like like think about how many fan games there are of I don't know like uh, random RPGs and stuff, and Final Fantasy still sells just fine. I mean, yeah, it's I think it's and, and besides the majority of fan games that even have extreme internet fame are are maybe like what three percent of the the game playing market right like well even yeah the biggest but... fan games don't come close to scratching the surface of who actually purchases video games oh, that is true that is true but if they just let one go wild unchecked and it turned out to be really 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 good and then it's it becomes one of those things where it's like oh wow this this is so good and does so many things that fans have been asking for that it almost surpasses the original series and then they have to worry about, like, does our original entry measure up to this dumbass <laughs> fan game? Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. And and it's also just Nintendo literally being Nintendo where they're like, hey, you can we don't want our music on YouTube. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, they're, how they're... dare you put put music on YouTube that we don't sell to you either way. And to be fair, I am not in any way saying that this is a. This is a justifiable or or like a business model that we should respect in any way. I'm just saying this is the strategy. Oh, it's yes, Nintendo. Plan it's like just... planned and planned and strategic like limitation of the stuff that you want so that you are like really jonesing for a new for a new game and then they can reveal it and you're like oh it's been so long since we got one of those that's amazing yeah i mean and then and then the wallet opens up yeah that's that's just nintendo has always been that way that's that's how they are and cracking down on fan games is part of how they do that if you can if you can sort of get like a you know if you can get like a replacement product to scratch that itch then it doesn't itch as bad when they come out with their new thing. And then you might decide that you don't really care that much about playing it because you played that cool fan game. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Skyward Sword's an interesting one for me. Cause I was like, yeah, I'll definitely buy it. I I'm always a sucker for Nintendo and Zelda. And then as we get closer to release, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm gonna this time. I think cause I, I feel like the proper response to that is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> seriously i feel like it's like i feel like that's like like kicking an addiction maybe maybe i'll probably get it at some point when it's like 40 dollars. you know that's like that's like yeah. a 75 percent off sale for nintendo that's kind of what i'm thinking about like i do want mario golf yeah yeah me too i suppose like okay, i might it have has to all the things i want in a golf game it has like the fun it has like okay you can play it for real you can play yep. with dumb motion controls if you want to just do mm-hmm. something stupid um you can you do can, the dumb like arcadey platformer yeah, this, mode which is totally awesome looking and yeah. then there's like a battle arena which is just who can sink three balls the fastest into yeah. a big arena of of golf like golf holes and i think that's that's awesome yeah and then they have the single player rpg story mode so it, it is which is the one that appeals to me yeah, the me whole too. like yeah play through play through the adventure mode and with progression in yeah, your look, character that's the best like that's mm, more more sports games with progression please thank you i'm 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 on the fence with golf doesn't that come out like two days it's like yeah it's this week oh my god 
In fact, on release of this episode, it will have been out for like four days. I don't know. I, this is will be interesting. Well, next time we talk, I will. Well, if so, I guess we'll I, find out. I, I sort of have this weird thing where a game is coming out and I get really excited for it. If if I I either buy it at release because I'm really excited to play it, or I don't buy it for a very long time until it's on sale because like well i missed the release window so i might as well wait now <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. I, I always do that to myself where like so um what was it a uh, ghost of tsushima last summer mm, mm-hmm. i had no I, I didn't know anything about it I, we talked about this is like one of the first podcasts we ever yeah i talked about it on and i i bought it at midnight i was like i i just if i don't if i don't buy it right now i know for sure i'm not gonna buy it for six months until it's on yeah sale. i was and gonna it's... say it's either on release day or six months later <laughs> or even longer no in depending. between right right well because then it's like well why why buy it for full price especially for games that aren't nintendo games why buy it for full price a month or a month and a half after release when you're positive there's going to be a sale for even just like 20 percent off yeah yeah uh, a few months down the road yeah even absolutely all the ps5 games right now i think it's like prime day or whatever going on right now so amazon and oh yeah target and best buy are trying to sell stuff and i think you can get you know the 70 dollars ps5 games for the reasonable 50 dollars price point right now right right um but yeah so i'm i'm i don't know mario golf it cool i'm i'm excited for that skyward sword eh, eh, whatever i'm like a hundred percent sure that i'm skipping skyward sword I, it's okay so not only is it my least favorite zelda aside from the the ds ones i've um, heard a lot of people echo that sentiment it's just bleh i don't know it's the motion controls made it fun for me but if you hate motion controls then you're just playing it like a normal zelda game in which case it's probably the one of the worst just regular zelda games mm. yeah yeah, it's, I mean, like, I don't know really very much about it. I know there's flying. Dude, they locked they locked fast travel behind a $30 Amiibo, and that's Boy, the actual retail did they? price. Retail price is like 25 bucks. That is unconscionable. Speaking of Amiibo, the Metroid Dread Amiibos, the, the scalping got so bad that... So previous iteration, or previous Amiibos since, like, Wave 2 or 3... They've been available to pre-order fairly easily if you were aware of them, and then you had, like, you know, a couple weeks to pre-order them. The Metroid Dread Amiibo, I tried to pre-order it at Best Buy, and the dude that tweets out all those links and stuff, yeah, I, I, I looked away for, I don't know, a minute, and I looked back. The link had been tweeted out, and it was mm-hmm. gone. All of them were gone from Best Buy in, I don't know, less than 30 seconds or something insane. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. That's, uh... That's artificial scarcity for you. Well, and and the scalping of, like, they, there was no limit to how many, like, you could purchase yep. 12 at a time or something. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. The, the, so they made, you know, they made a, ten, they made 50,000 of them, and those were bought by 100 people. <laughs> Someone posted a funny image of the, there's like a, uh, from iRobot, there's a scene where all the robots are kind of like, just looking at the audience when, when they go into one of the rooms and somebody's like, Oh, look at all these happy people that got their Metroid dread amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that, that, that sort of semi quasi laugh there is exactly the kind as how I felt about, uh, the, the amiibo situation. Cause it's like really again. <laughs> yeah. Like how every time. And well, and it's weird because they're not doing it. I guess they're not doing it to their stores. Like they're not bringing the amiibos to the stores anymore, so it's online only, which I think mm. makes it even harder to yeah. get. I don't know. It's it. It was 
I've all, I've I've really enjoyed buying amiibos and collecting them because I think they look cool. Um, it's getting really bad though. But this is this is it's it's at that point where I'm sort of like, do I do do I care anymore? This is not fun. I don't. It, it was fun to own them. It's not fun to be anxious about. Do I need to check Twitter twenty four seven? Or like, yeah. have, I guess you can get like notifications set up in your browser that will tell you when something goes live. But I don't know. It seems all that's so silly. Yeah, it's like the whole the whole culture surrounding uh, collectibles like, right now. Yeah, and scalping and everything is it's really it's really rough. Yeah, and and Nintendo is doing. I won't say that they're necessarily encouraging it, but they're doing nothing to stop it at the very least. And continuing their strategy of artificial scarcity, they are to at least some extent encouraging it. And yeah, because I mean, this especially was, this was a... so if like, so they already know they have to already know this is a problem. The problem of like artificial scarcity and and scalping and people who want these things are not able to get them through normal means. Well, and and it's not a collector's item. This is not a so I understand the collectibles for certain things where it's like, hey, there's only a thousand of these, or hey, there's only ten thousand of these, or oh, these are extremely limited. Yeah, blah blah blah. So like, if I it, get if it's that. if it is purely a collectible, it's fine what like they already know this is a problem so the fact that they would go and lock core gameplay features behind these things that they are not making enough of to discourage scalping is just it's a big question mark for me it's it's just crap. yes like especially when it comes to things like this so the abibos aren't being released for six months or eight months yeah six months or so right uh i guess it's only no it's only four it's it's october i was um, gonna say the game itself comes out in in a few months. Yeah, so it's well, it felt like six months because October feels like the end of the year, and then it's it's sometimes it's almost that, July, dude. I know when you do the time thing, it's sort of weird where you're like, oh wow, it's wait, wait, it's like oh, there's so much time. And then you're like, well, it might as well already be 2022, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like it's it's weird how depending on where you're at in the timeline, it feels short or long. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I've never I don't understand. The it's basically thing. relativity. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird to me that they don't um, take people's pre-orders and then say like they could even have a thing saying we will never make more of these. Get your pre-orders in. If you pre-order it, we'll we'll print them because they've already made their money. Like I don't. Right. Yeah. It's strange because you know they they say they don't want to have to deal with having the molds in the machine, so then they have to print them. And then they don't know they don't want to store the molds. Like I understand all of that. I get it. I wouldn't want to either as a company. It'd be a waste of your like sure space. there's there's a lot of them so sure i yeah so fine. so when like, they release a new they one they could well, it's not it's not that they could it's not that they can't do it it's that they're choosing not to or even if they're like hey we're going to rotate these so you know we'll we'll take pre-orders initially like they don't have to do anything on their end they collect the money and then they say okay we're going to make this num this many right yeah and then that's it i don't know it, it's it just seems dumb for a toy that's actually just a toy this is not a collectible this right. is not something and again that, like yeah. if you're going to make something and you and you're only going to make so many of them and you know that you're feeding into scalping don't don't lock fast travel behind it <laughs> let's be real though like this is the what company the that hell? this is the company that has been doing these types of things forever i mean they have even even on the gamecube the only way to get the master quest in the united states was to pre-order um wind waker to get that sweet bonus disc that had like no no wind waker was the one that gave you shoot there's two bonus discs i think 
on the GameCube, right? There is the silver one that was like a collector's edition thing that came with all of the old Zelda games, but they were kind of shoddy ports. Like the, I remember Majora's Mask froze a decent amount. Yeah. Um, but then there was one that had Ocarina of Time and then Ocarina of Time Master Quest. And those oh yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Those were like pretty amazing releases to get as a bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but only if you got it early enough. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, like, I, I feel like there's a difference between a co- like cool bonus true. content for a pre-order bonus and literally taking something out of the game if you don't have this additional purchase. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be as dumb as having like a digital. That's a digital uh, purchase that is limited <laughs> and that they are not selling enough of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's 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 right up there with with having uh, an anniversary collection and then, you know, removing it for yep. for for because you know i would argue that this is <laughs> this is somewhat on par with hey hey you know what's cool we're bringing mm-hmm. final fantasy back to nintendo consoles with crystal chronicles a game that you need four game boy advances to play <laughs> <laughs> man that game was so and fun if cables. you had the ability to do it <laughs> And link cables. Nintendo's always been out of their mind when it comes to how how they expect people to play games. Yes. Yes, they, yes. So, um, what else was announced? Uh, WarioWare? WarioWare looks great. That's um, pretty cool. I am, I am, so, okay, there's the things that everybody's looking at, which is WarioWare, Metroid Dread, probably SMT5. I wouldn't say yeah. everyone's looking at SMT5, but it is definitely a, like a... It's a big one. It's a big one. Um, uh, Monster Hunter Stories, everyone's going to be interested in. I know a lot of people are excited about the new World Ends With You, which they didn't really talk about, but it's on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, sure. That's already on other consoles, but sure. <laughs> yeah, just just um, boot, up, boot up the one you have for PS2. It's going to look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not that far off. Um, okay, so for me... The, like, the sort of, like, sneaky, like, oh, oh, okay. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. I I can't believe they're putting, like, an updated Doki Doki Literature Club on the Switch. I want to know how they're going to do the weird meta stuff. I also want to know this, and I also want to know what's behind the plus. I I want to purchase this game, even though I don't need to play it. Like, I want to know how it's... Okay, we shouldn't really talk about it, actually. There I'm, is just... some there's some stuff in it that goes places, and a lot of it relies on like a lot of it relies stuff. on some PC stuff. So I'm really excited you can't to really see do how on they the switch. how they handle that. Yeah, if you want if you want to screwed up time, check it out. <laughs> yeah, um, which I suppose is already spoilers. I apologize. The uh, I mean I the game literally throws you a trigger warning to start. So oh okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like there's a twist, but, you know, you're kind of expecting it because it's like the the game actually is like, hey, there's some messed up stuff depicted in this. Just be aware of that. Ah, okay. Um, I am not going to get it, but I think it's cool that they're doing a Danganronpa collection. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I played I I played all three of those games with Jesse. We really like them. Uh, they are also messed up, but they, I, I like that they're expanding. Um, there was a mini game 
and that I saw you play that. as sort of like an epilogue in uh, Danganronpa V3. Yeah. And I actually played a lot of that because it's actually kind of a fun little like full featured RPG, like little like classic RPG. And now it's even game. more. It's a bigger part of the game, right? It's a standalone now. Yeah, that's that's cool. I it's like if a that's big be... standalone crossover game, and it's actually really neat. So I that would be... like I'm not going to buy the them. whole game just for that. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to buy the collection, it would actually be for that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's cool. I think. Oh, apparently they're putting every single Super Monkey Ball game in one game. Is that what that is? It that I mean I don't know. Banana it was Mania? unclear because they showed they showed it on the direct and they like they showed off um like all of the Super Monkey Ball titles over over time. Mm -hmm. Like it was like Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball Two, Banana Blitz, uh, Touch and Roll or whatever. The, <laughs> like one of the the DS ones or something. They showed like eight different titles. Huh. And the implication, they didn't say it directly, but the implication was that they were all going to be included in this as like a collection. Is it? And it's like a lot. I mean, if you like Monkey Ball, which I mean, you Monkey know, what's Ball funny is, just... is like, I like the mini games in Monkey Ball more than I like actual Monkey Ball. I, I remember getting the because I, I want to say it was a launch title for GameCube or at least in the I know it was in the launch window. Yeah. Um. And I remember getting it without knowing too much about what it was. And my friends and I were just, we, we ended up staying up all night playing it. Because we yeah. just, it was just so much fun taking turns going through the levels. It was one of those really cool experiences where it's it's kind of rare. It's Now it's almost impossible. But to, to go into a game without almost, with, with like knowing virtually nothing. Yeah. And like no expectations. Like, what is this? This is so exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. Monkey Bowl's. I don't know if it would have that same lasting appeal because there's also something about all being in a room playing a thing when like that is. Know, yeah, the Internet doesn't exist. So playing mm -hmm. multiplayer games, I mean, it exists, but it's, it's I would argue that slow. I would argue that the closest thing to that now that you get frequently, mm -hmm. I, I think it's the same kind of feeling that people get playing like a, a live service type of game with a group of friends. Yeah, I think so, too, because like. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter how bad or good the game is. You're mostly just having fun playing a, an, an okay experience with a bunch yeah. of people. I, I will say Monkey Ball, I think, is not just an okay experience. I think if you like the gameplay, it's phenomenal. Like, it's yes. actually a really good game. If it's you just... take some time to figure out how that game works, it's actually really kind of impressive. Yeah, the game's awesome. It's not easy. It's not... It's it's It kind of disguises itself as a pick-up-and-play game, and sure, it sort of is. <laughs> it's for about <laughs> 10 levels. Right. And then it's like, hey, I. It's like we 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 hate you as players. Oh, so absolutely. have fun. Hundred <laughs> percent. No question. That is that is a sweat. That's like sweaty palms. The video game. Oh yeah, that, it is. My yeah, God, it is. is it? It's so tense. Everything's you're. It's it's a wonderful. It sounds terrible. It sounds like we're you're paying for like a heart attack. But it's it's just it's just a lot of fun if you're into a very stressful short experience okay super monkey ball is the game that you play if you want to cuss out a single player game while smiling <laughs> yeah yeah you're 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 like fuming but you're actually just happy about it yeah you're smiling and you're having a good time but you're also frustrated and throwing the controller <laughs> yeah. 
it doesn't it's <laughs> it's like bipolar as a video game where on one one second you're you're losing it and then the next second you're like everything's chill i realize that is a a a a, a uh an unbecoming way of looking at a mental disorder and i'm not trying to do that i just meant it in terms of like the ups and downs of of playing the experience yeah literally your moods will go to the poles right right so that's happening. I don't actually like I don't want to go on record as saying like this is a collection of every game, but they made it look that way. It could have also just been like, here's the history of Super Monkey Ball up to this point. Yeah. So we're just kind of making this up as we go. We'll just create our own narrative for. I mean, what, I just don't know. Released. Like they showed all of the <laughs> games leading up to it and they and it seemed to suggest because they were showing stuff from previous games like remade. So they seem to suggest that it was like basically all of the previous games remade into one package, which mm -hmm. is funny because that happened in the same uh, Nintendo Direct as the Mario Party one, where they were just like, we picked and chose about 20% of the N64 Mario Party stuff to remake. Enjoy. It's yeah, there's five maps in Mario Party Superstars, which is less than any of the N64 games that we base this off of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Mario Party just always sells well and Nintendo's like, hey, let's make some money. Yeah, I it's really what it comes down to. So I think the I think the winner of the show for me, like actually the thing that I'm like, holy shit, yes, is Advance Wars. That's did you play the original? No, and that's ah, why I'm so okay. excited. Yeah, it was cool. I played the I, I played most of the first one and had a lot of fun with it. I I hear I have for the longest time heard almost universally amazing things about Advance Wars one and two, and they are just GBA games that I just never touched. They're good. So, you, you, will, you will like them a lot. Yeah, I, I really like grid based strategy. I specifically like um, I really like grid based strategy games with like modern weaponry mm -hmm. like Fire Emblem is good, but like. The, uh, well, Valkyria Chronicles isn't grid-based, but I really liked that for being a different oh, sort of, like... It's kind of, it's, 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 it's in the vein of grid-based. It's, yeah. It's yes. like a, it's like an evolution God, Valkyria, of that concept. Valkyria Chronicles, I had heard so, so many great things about that game, and then I finally picked up the remaster on PS4. Yeah. Like, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I started playing it on a Friday or something, and... 100% like got the platinum trophy by Monday. Like it was just like a 40 hour can't stop playing this game sort of let's not even sleep much on the weekend kind of experience. That was so fun. It's it's a fantastic game. I'm really sad that none of the sequels really lived up to it. Yeah, I've never I didn't touch them because I heard that they're okay games if you want if you want to play like a strategy game, but they're not more of the they're not necessarily better than the original. They're not. They're so not, and they didn't get any budget, so two and three, and two ended up on the PSP, and right. three ended up on the PSP only in Japan. Even, and even then, more limited budget, jeez. Yeah. Um, and then, like, ten years went by, and then they released four, and I started playing four, and I really need to go back to it someday, but I say that about everything. Um, <laughs> four actually was pretty solid. <laughs> okay. Uh, from from what I played, they introduced a couple of new classes. There's there is an actual like class changing system that they introduce in two that actually like deepens the deepens the strategy somewhat. Oh, cool. Um, 
So like they yeah, that game was fun. They take uh, so snipers become an advanced scout class. Oh, okay. And so you can basically like you get your scouts up to a certain point, and then they can basically class change into super scouts, which can. That's not what they call them, but they're basically super scouts. They have the same they have the same abilities, but they can just travel farther. Okay, yeah. Or you can, or you can make them snipers. Oh, you know what was this is sort of off topic. I don't know what made me think of it, but you you know a grid based game with modern sort of stuff that was freaking awesome that you never would have guessed. I this is a no. stupid tee up because you can't answer this question. <laughs> uh, was yes. <laughs> <laughs> was one of the 3ds launch titles it was a tom clancy like ghost recon strategy oh. game for the 3ds oh my god it was so much fun um what was it called was it ghost recon tom clancy 3ds i think it was i don't know i, I ended up getting it for like four dollars at mm. um that'll do at it best buy or something like that uh i think it was a shadow wars maybe that sounds right but like only in a general sense <laughs> Because I don't know. I, I know it doesn't make any sense for us to play this for the podcast. But one day, if you ever want to have a, a grid-based experience, I'd be curious to go back and play Because I don't know if I liked it because it was ridiculously cheap. And I was working at Best Buy when it came out, too. So it was, like, really, really cheap. Mm -hmm. um, and it and was... It's probably one of those things where, it, like, I have this all the time where it's like, I really liked this when I played it. But it might I might have just been in exactly the right mindset for it. Yeah, I wonder that if time. it's... Well, it was made by Ubisoft, so I wonder if some of the people that made this went on to make Mario vs. Rabbids. I don't know. Um, so, because because it's 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 in that same I almost, kind of. I almost doubt that anyone in Ubisoft is still working there from that long ago. <laughs> I just like just not not only because of recent stuff with Ubisoft, but also just because of the the sort of game. The sort of like game development cycle where it's like hire everybody, lay everybody off, hire everybody, lay everybody off, you know? Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I just I don't I just it's it, I remember it being in the same vein of sort of fun because it felt like you could do more than a normal. It, it wasn't as restrictive as like sometimes strategy games can be because I remember there's I just remember really loving this one character who could cover huge distances i think that's what made me think of it because you were talking about the scout yeah yeah uh, but basically you you were like sort of a ninja class where if you killed someone with a melee class you could move again which reminded now it reminds oh. me of mario vs. rabbids there um, is a um there is a class sort of like that in xcom too oh yeah you're right the the ranger class i think yeah has like the machete yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know that was that that was the, that was the made i don't know why it popped up. I think it was just the movement thing, but I liked yeah, that yeah. game a lot. That was cool. But yeah, so you were talking about classes and basically Advance Wars 2 or basically two. like to bring it all the way back. I was just saying that like grid based games that involve uh, grid based games that involve like modern weaponry and tactics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I played a lot of Fire Emblem, but anytime that you have one where there's actual like modern like modern warfare is like it's essentially the same type of game but like it just there's something about it that just feels oddly and enough somehow, fresh and different yeah i was about to say it somehow feels like a unique experience when you have a grid-based combat game with guns yeah the the <laughs> one genre that you can add guns to and it feels fresh <laughs> it's like oh god these swords let's get let's give, give the dude a shotgun please <laughs> 
It's actually one of the reasons I like uh, I, I like to go like completely the other direction with it. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, fights in tight spaces. Yeah, yeah. And that's basically just grid-based tactics, but with fist fighting. Right, right. Yep. So, like, anytime you can give me grid-based tactics and it doesn't involve, like, a weapon triangle. And not to say anything bad about Fire Emblem. I love Fire Emblem. It's just, like, something else. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, it's sort of just where everyone, uh, it's where it all derived from, kind of. And Basically. Everybody kind of emulates that, so it just feels fresh. It feels different, like you said. Yeah. So any which is, like which is, any variation on that is something I'm happy to check out. And I've heard again, like almost universally amazing things about Advance Wars, but never had a GBA, so I just never checked it out. Yes, you will. You will. You will like Advance Wars. I have no doubt in my mind. I'm very confident of that. So I'm. That's probably the thing that I'm weirdly looking forward to the most. Out of oh, I don't think there's any, I think Nintendo anticipated that they sort of made it like their surprise aside from Metroid Dread. That's kind of was like their big surprise, right? Yeah, I think I think like Metroid Dread was like the big reveal. And then there was like Breath of the Wild 2 stuff, but they barely showed anything, honestly, except he looks like he might be. So they don't want to release the subtitle or whatever the the um like Breath of the Wild blank. Right. They right. We don't know what it's actually called. Um, And they were saying because it would give away something from the story or whatever like it it would I, I don't know so there's that scene in the trailer where link turns into like goop and like yeah and he goes like through phases through the the top yeah. of the sheikah tower so i was i'm wondering if i mean what if he's like dead or he, he's he's becoming part uh calamity or something like that so <laughs> i don't know man give me some give me some cool alex mack uh like game <laughs> Introducing Breath of the Wild Dread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so who oh, knows? Man. That will be that will be fun. That's probably gonna oh you know what I'm really happy about, and I hope that they don't release one, is that they didn't release a Switch Pro. Yeah, I, I everyone I was expecting not, hardware out of them. I do not want Nintendo to make a Switch Pro. Just just wait. Just give it two years and make the Switch two. Like I like I am already well, I mean, I think the idea of the Switch Pro is I, I think what everyone talks about when they talk about a Switch Pro is I, I think that at this point most people are looking at like a new console. No way. If you read what people think, they think it's just an up like a switch with up gonna have upscaled graphics and everything. Like the PS4 Pro? Right, yeah. That's when you read what people think about it, they don't they're not expecting <sighs> it to be a whole new console. They're they're expecting it to be able to play all of their pre current games just at i don't know 4k which won't look good but that's okay yeah um it's it's an odd it's an odd ask because it usually doesn't work out this i like the pro version of consoles has always been a little confusing to me yeah i don't know who it's for right and well no i do know who it's for it's for people who will actually look at a game on switch and be like oh man the graphics are bad Right, the the because the, the even the PlayStation Pro there's there's one game there's okay not one there's a handful of games that it enhances the overall experience of but not not enough to matter yeah uh, unless it's Cyberpunk because then I think it's pretty much unplayable without the Pro yeah but um, that's that's CDPR's fault not anyone else's yeah that's that's just a weird that's whatever that's that's, a, that's its own thing right 
Um, the pro, I, my understanding is it's better for VR, but I have PSVR and I'm, I'm fine with my slim. Like, I guess I'm not playing super, I don't know. I, I, maybe it would look better, but I'm also the kind of person who can look at a, you know, like a GameCube game in the right light and be like, Hey, this looks gorgeous. <laughs> so, so I can, I can enjoy. I do uh, that. Like I do that all the time. I was playing golden sun yesterday. Well, golden sun is a very, very pretty Game Boy Advance game. But it's a Game Boy Advance game. And I'm sitting here playing a Game Boy Advance game being like, wow, this looks great. <laughs> it is like giant fist size pixels. Yeah, true. True. I mean, so it's, like, it's, it's I, you know, it's Advance relative. Game. Yeah, that's I I, guess I, that's... I I sort of take a qualitative judgment of what a game's art style looks like within its limitations. Yes. And talk about whether it's whether it looks good or not. I'm yeah, not, I mean, I'm not like. It's not it's not a situation where you and I look at like top end graphics and then compare <laughs> everything to that. It is within what a system is capable of. Does this look good or not? Mm -hmm. Like, does and, the art, and don't is, get me wrong. Does the art style grab us when when I see what new games can look like? I do get that moment of like that kind of that glee that's sort of like, oh, man, that's cool looking. Right. Yeah, like, I, I totally I understand that completely. Uh I just also can really, I can appreciate some fugly PS2, you know, PS1 sometimes less, to, to a lesser extent, PS1 games. I don't know how often I would say, man, that's gorgeous, unless it's some sort of hand-drawn um, or very stylistic art. Right. But for the most part, 64 PS1 games, those that's kind of where it's the awkward, the, it's the in-between of, are we making things too, like sprites? Or, or are they like or, or more pixely or are they these cool new polygons right um, right but anything from the ps2 forward there's there's definitely moments in a lot of games where you're like man that's really cool looking yeah yeah like and i i have that i have that feeling often mm -hmm. it's fun when you that's that's part of the joys of p playing these these old games is that there's occasional ones where it just looks awesome like the game it's just like... looks really cool it's one of those things where it's like you you've played a lot of games on that system and there's a certain art style that you're used to. And then all of a sudden something is like something hits you and you're like, I did not know that games on this platform could look like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's always a really, really cool uh, experience. So should we use that as the segue? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going for that, but yeah, we played. Uh, that's, that's we what played I was... Alicia Dragoon for the <laughs> Sega Genesis this week, or the Mega Drive if you're not in the U.S. I, I wasn't sure what our wavelength was there, so I was like, "Oh, is he going to pick up on this?" And then I was like, "No, I'm just going to say it awkwardly and then explain it because that makes it even better. It's way better." <laughs> All right, word from sponsors, and then retro breakdown time. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining. And in, in true fashion, um, before we talk about the game, I just want to say, yes, the 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 uh, speaking of pre-orders and things, oh boy, Shin, Shin Megami Tensei Five Premium Edition is on Switch, and it comes with a a, a backpack. <laughs> yeah, Atlas <laughs> has what? some pretty wild. Uh, it's the sling bag, excuse me. Yeah, they they've got some they got some pre-order edition things with some stuff and i've i've fallen for a couple of them but uh yeah i own the uh wait atlas did catherine didn't they yes 
Yeah, okay. I own the the PS3 Pizza Box edition. The Pizza Box, yeah, and the Jesus. boxer shorts. Yeah, I got them. So, well, actually, they have holes. They have a hole in them because I wore them and they were crap. <laughs> yep, you wore them like one time and then I, they actually were fine for the wearing. But when I washed them, a, a hole appeared, and I was like, "Huh? Yeah, apparently you're not supposed to wear the 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 collector's edition." Um, I do still have the t-shirt. Items. Oh, did did it come with a t-shirt too? Yeah, it's the it's the one that Catherine wears. Um, like the first night, it's got the hearts on it. It says empty. I don't think it ever fit me. It didn't really fit me either, <laughs> but I've worn it a couple times anyway. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's the white t-shirt with like the, yeah, it's got like the Zelda hearts on it, and it says yeah. empty. That's it's right. the one That's she right. wears. It's it's the one she wears after the first night, and it's the only thing she's wearing. Ooh, saucy. I mean, it's Catherine. Yeah, true. Um, you just know. a quick shout out to to our to our our friends and our friend in Brazil. I'm eating some Pondicasia right now, and my my wife made them last night, and they're they're fantastic. Absolutely. When when we come to visit you guys, we'll have to bring the stuff to make them. It's pretty easy to make or make them. We can probably even pre make them and just heat them up there. But they're they're more or less just like a cheese ball bread thing. They're awesome. Oh. Yeah, I might have had one of those before. Okay, yeah. I yeah, I didn't like know a... that was the name of them. Mm-hmm. But like, are they like kind of bite size? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can be. Sometimes they're a little bit big, like yeah. Most of the time they're bite size. Yes, without. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're okay. delicious. Yeah, I I I may have I may have. You might be talking about something else, but if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I have had them before because we've been to like a Churrasco restaurants around here okay and they they usually have them as like sides yeah they're kind of like a staple um snack type food in in uh yeah i I like them a lot so yeah we're talking about the same thing yeah and if we're not that's fine too because we both think we are which really (laughs) that's all that actually that's how language works (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's pretty good oh man all right so Alicia Dragoon. This was a podcast request? This was a podcast request. Thank you. Thank Ram, you for this uh, podcast request. Ram requested this. Ram requested this um, specifically on recommendation from someone else. So, like, it was it was Mal who said, like, oh, I remember playing this game as a kid, and I have fond memories of it. And then Ram looked it up and was like, that game looks really cool. I want to see what it's like. And so he requested it as a podcast. Yes, and it's it's one that it was because when we first were talking about it, I was like, "Man, this box looks so familiar," and I I didn't couldn't figure out why, um, and I'm still not entirely sure why I knew what the box looked like. But after we talked about who made it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Game Arts was part Game of Arts. this." Yeah, and Gynax did some the animation yeah. and stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I was streaming it last weekend, and like there was literally someone on the stream who uh, who saw that come up, and it was like, did. Did that say Gynax? Yep, yep. Was well, that they the made a, Gynax logo? Yeah, they, they made some... They Gynax did a, a decent number of games, but they're mostly, like, you know, dating sim type stuff. Sure, um, yeah. And so this was kind of a a, a, a departure from that. I would I say so. <laughs> also, some of the Gynax team had worked on uh, Miyazaki's... Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Nausicaa the mm, valley of sense. the wind movie yeah yeah and so you can kind of feel some of those elements in there because it, it 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 has very strong 
80s anime early 90s anime vibes where it mixes Definitely. fantasy and um uh, technology yeah like fantasy like sci-fi yeah yeah i, I really uh, science I like fantasy yeah wow yeah i guess i think that's an actual i think that's an actual genre i think that like i think that like star wars is like science fantasy oh i always pictured star wars as like science western because <laughs> it's yeah. basically like a western movie but in space boy it kind of is i've never thought about it that way anyway i'm gonna Sorry. cut i'm gonna cut that lot that thread of of wandering off topic off right there yeah sounds good um so yeah game arts gynax uh it came out what 1990 i want to say it was like 92 92 okay. so, so i'm know, curious is that before or after evangelion isn't evangelion later i feel like it is i'm pretty sure evangelion i i i've i will annoy some people by saying that i did not care for evangelion that much so i don't really remember when i haven't seen it yeah okay good We're, we are we are on a lot of people's shit list now yeah okay evangelion came out in 95 that's what i thought i thought it was mid 90s yep. okay because that so Gynex I, was not popular yet at the time right that's what i was gonna say evangelion is the thing that kind of put Gynax on the map yeah in fact this game so you know when we talk about sega making really dumb decisions with the genesis and like 32x and sega cd and saturn and dreamcast one thing that I don't remember and I always forget is that Sega is a Japanese company, right? And mm -hmm. in Japan, the Mega Drive was not doing well. So the Genesis was, although overall, in terms of like all market share around the world, the Genesis was doing quite well yeah. in America and Europe and everything. Yeah, yeah. But in Japan, the Genesis or Mega Drive was kind of meh. Um, so that's why Sega Japan probably was like, going crazy with trying to figure out what to do because i i imagine there's some pressure especially then to be like well who cares if it's doing great everywhere else it's got to be doing good in japan like this is right right where we're from right there's a lot of i would imagine there's a lot of pride in that idea yeah um sure and this game sort of suffered from the genesis lack of success in japan because it just wasn't or the mega drive was not popular so this game by virtue of that didn't have a very big install base so Makes it was sense. kind of like this just it's a good game that no one ever really played even in japan and then when they brought it to the west they kind of they kind of gave it that boris uh, vallejo vallejo uh art style where you know it's some kind of lady in in a bikini like a oh, barbarian yeah. standing yeah, okay. in the mouth of like a balrog or whatever yeah, yeah like that kind of uh erotica fantasy sort of art that was super popular then for, for right. that stuff in the like they 80s that, and early 90s yeah the, so the hercules they, the the conan style yeah exactly exactly um they they sort of gave it that art look on the box and it did pretty well here but sega just didn't give it any kind of marketing they're like yeah whatever just yeah. release it boy am i i am i've never been more familiar we just talked about valkyria chronicles earlier in this very podcast <laughs> i am so used to sega's like hey this is a really good japan focused franchise let's not talk about it at all in the west just <laughs> drop it on a store shelf and don't tell anyone just hide it in the corner <laughs> like I, well it's, it's almost it's, it's the best game we've put out in five years don't tell anyone about it right yeah. it's it so cool, frustrating it has like this this sweet female pro sega sega had some really cool games where they had females as the lead and they weren't like in any kind of distress at all i mean jesus you start in this game as 
uh, as a person with with fully upgraded force lightning and five dragons or four dragon pets. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, we haven't talked about the gameplay yet. The, like, the enemies don't stand a chance. <laughs> you straight up just have like like a no ammo full screen projectile force lightning as your primary weapon. <laughs> and if you wait like five seconds, it just screen clears shit. It's like pfft, everything is just dead as it's it wraps amazing. around you. It's so cool. <laughs> like, I don't think I have ever felt more powerful at the start of a game at the start of a game. I Agreed. mean, aside from like games, Metroid, where, I guess. Yeah. Metroid games where you start with all of your powers and then have them stripped away. Yeah, because whatever. And I was I was I was half expecting that to be a thing after the first level. Mm hmm. Yeah, me too. I actually thought thought when you encounter bald Baldor, is that the prince of all things evil? <laughs> oh, boy, <laughs> I don't remember. I think I don't remember the story of that game at all. I, I think it's you. You meet him in his egg form or whatever. And then there's that weird priest dude that's floating around. That's like, ha ha ha. Come meet us in in our final stage. If you think yeah. you can beat us. Yeah. Um, I, when I got to him, the first, like, I was like, oh, they're going to strip me of my lightning powers and I'm going to have to use a sword or something. Yeah. No, that's, I was that's... totally thinking that. No, it does. Nope. 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 You, you're, you're freaking Alicia. I think you're actually, I think your name might be Alicia Dragoon. I'm not sure. Um, but you're, you're the daughter of, of, of a super strong dude who died and you're, you don't care. You're just out there to murder everything. Cause Every it's time to get revenge and save thing. the earth. Birds, fish, bugs. Yeah, <laughs> to be like, fair, they're extremely cannons. aggressive bugs. They're very aggressive. <laughs> Those damn bees. <laughs> yeah, that's what the I okay. Worst. Yeah. So, so this is one of those. This is like one of my favorite types of games, where you feel completely op all the time. Yeah, but the game is balanced around that, so it's still a good challenge. Right. Yeah. It's it's and. Okay, so the game is hard. There's, it's really hard. It's a hard, if if you don't want to use save states and you just want to play the game, you'll you'll have to play it several times through to get to the end, and um, perfectly. True, because there are just about there, you there there are a, it's sort of a one life and you're done. But there are continues. You just have to find them. They're kind of well hidden. I found none of them. Now, yeah, no, I will say this: we talk a lot on the show about like because we usually use save states or some sort of you know rewind some sort of like or rewind whatever. or something yeah. to get through a game faster than we would normally be able to. Yeah, basically, so to that play we don't have to replay stuff. Right, right. Um, because we want to get through this. We're we're you know we're playing a game a week here, and well, on know, top of whatever other nonsense we're playing. <laughs> yeah, on top of other stuff that we're also doing. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, we'll we'll use rewind time and save states and some some stuff just as quality of life to not have to, like, redo a bunch of stuff over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so and to I, be honest, I, I just like I prefer that way of playing through old games anyways, because I don't want to redo well, yeah, the same thing a bunch of times. A lot of those games are built around you. Um, you know, that is an hour, hour and a half long game if you just go through. Mm hmm. Um, probably shorter than that if you know exactly where you're going and you can actually play reasonably efficiently. You could probably do it in like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, but the, the, you know, the, if you're gonna go buy this game, they want you to get more than 30 minutes of game time out of it. So they just make it kill you over and over. So it takes you 10 hours to beat. Mm -hmm. And you know that was the style at the time. However, I feel like this is one of those rare games 
where actually playing it through from the beginning, like the, the punishing lives and continue system and playing it through multiple times actually has a benefit and might change the experience somewhat for the better. I think is perfectly reasonable because of how the RPG elements work. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. The the exploration elements in the game, the um the fact that you can find like lives and continues in like hidden areas, there's like different paths to take through each stage. There's there's all sorts of hidden areas and the hidden areas hold upgrades to your primary weapon, which are really significant. Yes. And that changes the game like a lot. Mm -hmm. So I got to the final, I got to the end of the game. Like I think my, my force lightning attack was only like level six or seven or something like that. Okay. I think eight might be the maximum level. I I was, I wasn't sure what it was. I thought it might be nine. It might be. Yeah, I really don't know now that I'm saying that. But I I felt like some of those late bosses just took forever to kill. I think that might just be the game. It might be. It might I don't be, actually but I, I don't I actually noticed, have a clue. I noticed that like I would get like one upgrade and then everything would just melt. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Like yeah, I, would, really I would be encourages... in an area and I would go through I was I was primarily using save states as like an unlimited live system. <laughs> right. for the most part like basically i would die and then and then like load state from the beginning of a level mm-hmm. that's, i think that's like that's it's a reasonable amount of really, playing i was about to say that's a really nice way of of playing the game because that's how i also decided to play it that way um and it gives you just the right amount of for me it gave me just the right amount of challenge and like learning the stage yeah and there and there's still a little bit of tension in like not oh, wanting sure, to die and level. start over yeah so like you still get that feeling of like accomplishment when you clear the stage. So it was it was nice. Um, but there were a couple times where I'd go through the stage and like everything would take forever to kill. And then I would go through it a second time and I'd be like, oh, there's oh, there's an upgrade here. Then you're just blasting stuff and I would just blow everything up. Mm-hmm. So like those upgrades are really, really, really significant. And I feel like that is basically built that way so that when you play over and over and over and over and over again from the beginning you have more time to explore you have more time to find where all of these hidden little upgrades are and it gets easier each time through almost like you're playing like a almost like you're playing a roguelite (laughs) yeah i know what you mean where like the the more knowledge you have of the stage of where everything is and where the upgrades are and where the healing is, like all of that stuff makes the game easier on subsequent playthroughs. Not just because you're better at the actual gameplay, but because you're actually finding power ups. So it's one of the it's one of the few games we've played where I feel like I I, I don't regret using save states, but I feel like there is of all the games we've played that have a really, really limited, like punishing live system that makes you start all the way over. This is one of the ones where I'm like, okay, I can see how that would actually work really well for it. This is a, this is a game that I would have enjoyed playing as a kid, mm-hmm. even, even if, even when dying, cause you don't a the story who cares. So if you right. ever beat the game or not, it's not tragic. It's just fun to play. 
yeah, and see yeah, yeah. how the different dragons get more powerful um, or the different creatures. Because, like, I don't know what the one thing was. It looked like just a ball of fire. <laughs> it's just it's just a fireball. I think it could take damage better than the other ones or something. Like, that's kind it of It deals what... contact damage. Ah, uh, okay. So it, it actually doesn't... So it's maybe it needs to get hit. It needs to get hit multiple times then or yes. something in a row. I don't know. It has to basically like it has to basically like hang out in it. So it has. A, it took me a while to figure this out too. And then once I figured it out, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a. Let's back up a. That's let's back up a tick. Um, you have companion creatures in the game. There's four of them. Three of them are basically like dragon-like. And they have, they all have different, um, secondary abilities. Okay. Okay. I just, I just looked up the, the manual. So and, yeah, wait, wait, go hold ahead. Hold on. Hold on. The, the name of the dragons is <laughs> this is the reason I'm telling you this is because it helps, helps with your, your companion names. Yes. You have dragon fire who shoots Excellent. fireballs. You yes. have thunder raven. Who... Is that the one that does the screen clearing? Yep. And then flash. you have boomerang lizard. <laughs> right. <laughs> who th- throws boomerang. Then you have ball of fire. Is what the other one is called. Literally just Ball of Fire. Thank you, Sega of America. So Dragon Fire and Ball of Fire. Excuse me. I guess it's Ball O Fire. There's no Sure. Okay. Ball of Fire. He's great. He's a great (laughs) Ball of Fire. To be fair, Ball of Fire is what I took out when there was a lot of crap on screen because I didn't quite understand why he was taking less damage, but I was like, this is fine. It seems like he's not dying as fast as my my other dragons. Yeah, so so dragon fire shoots a fireball straight forward at regular intervals. Uh, boomerang lizard sh- throws boomerangs at a sort of like forty five degree angle upwards. Yeah, and then as you level him up, it's like more boomerangs. Yeah, at different at different angles, mm-hmm. it's like thirty. It's like thirty, forty five, and sixty degrees. Yeah, yeah, in like right. a in like a spread pattern. Um. The Thunder Raven, th- Raven? Yeah, Thunder Raven. Okay. That sounds like a Metal Gear boss. It does. <laughs> to be honest, all four of these things could have been... <laughs> <laughs> Incl- especially Ball of Fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but Kojima loves to name things like that. I feel yeah. like I feel like this would be a Kojima thing to do. Um, that one, th- So Thunder Raven just does a screen flash every, like, five or ten seconds or so and everything on the screen just takes damage yeah um i don't remember using him very much or it i tried to use it and then it just like whatever damage it does is not significant enough to really matter so i just and he he seems to go down really quickly so and then ball of fire which is a ball of fire Mm -hmm. and it follows you around and it doesn't do anything but the thing is your companions can take damage yeah, like they, when they, they absorb hit enemies. the bullet hell that's happening around you sometimes. Yes. So they uh, they absorb damage the same way that you do, and they can block damage and like shield you from damage, but they have a health bar. And they can actually die, and then you have to find items to revive them. Mm-hmm. I did um, not know there was going to be a little pet sim. Yeah, where right? I was, where I was managing my, my, my summonable minions. Yeah, it's and they, they take damage really fast. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really fast. Um, but ball of fire is cool because, um, he just kind of follows you around, but if an enemy hits him, they take contact damage first and then he has like a little cooldown. Yeah. And then if something hits him during his cooldown, then he takes damage, but only until the cooldown ends, at which point he can deal damage again. So I actually ended up using him a lot during boss fights 
Because there's a lot of boss fights where you have to like run away from something that's like chasing you down. And oh, Ball of Fire okay, yeah. just kind of hangs out behind you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Chase me. I chase me just... and run into my Ball of Fire. I liked I liked Boomerang Lizard when it was upgraded. Yes, he was really good. That was cool. Um, Dragon Fire was useful in the last couple of stages. Sure. Yep. To take down a couple of things that were uh, difficult otherwise. Like Dragonfire was knocking out some things in one hit that was taking me like five seconds to take down with my regular energy beam. Okay, yeah. So maybe maybe you were a little lower level because I remember I think I feel like I was killing things on the last stage pretty quickly, but I think I was level eight lightning force power. Or yeah, that would do it. Like every level is really really significant, and I do feel like the game is built around you like needing to be powered up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and the game is sort of set up that way anyways, because there's not there's a lot of times where you think I was like, oh, that pit's going to be a pit. And then you jump in and you're like, oh, actually, no, it's just the screen goes down. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. A secret area there. It's like, oh, cool. It's not it's not the, it's not an invisible death pit. Yeah, I was expecting a lot of invis. I, I don't I don't even know how long I played that game before I realized you could just stand in the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on stage two. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to jump from thing to thing. I was like, this is hard. Yeah. Like it's not it's like awkward in some spots. I was like, oh, the the water doesn't kill you. Hell. It doesn't kill you at all. Yeah, hey, like, speaking of odd platforming that you didn't expect, shout outs to being able to just walk up like 80 degree inclines. I mean, yeah, the the stage six, that, that whole stage is like just all 45 degree angles. Yeah. It's it's all just like across turns, you know on its side and there's no flat stage like there's nothing that stage nope. was super weird and yeah. it had the most oh my god what did you think about that boss fight where you're on like an elevator that's flashing constantly oh you, my you... god <laughs> i had to put i had to put a warning on the damn on the damn stream i was like this is too much this is hurting me it was, yeah. it was insane i was i was it, it reminded me of um Shoot, what was the other? It was actually another elevator in the NES game that we played where, where I think it was the one where you're either Sigourney Weaver or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, Scat. Uh, Scat. I think that had that elevator scene too, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty it was, sure that was the game. That one was like, that one was like, it was different because it wasn't, um, it wasn't flashing, but it was like a spinning thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like really rapid, like circular spinning. Yeah. This one just had back, a uh, back like the backdrop was flashing constantly because you're supposed to be on an elevator that's going at infinite speeds and through an infinitely big space. Yes, basically. <laughs> yeah, so I actually thought that some of the level design was really, really interesting in the way that they use those angles. So that one that you're talking about where I think the elevator is, where the yeah. whole thing is just on an incline. Yep. And it's like, oh, you can walk up things that you doesn't that look like walls. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are like, you actually get through some of these places because you can walk up some of these inclines that don't look like you'd normally be able to walk up, and it just kind of, like, completely shifts your perspective of how that level works. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it's unique to play a level, or to play a game that's just basically get from A to B, um, but have it feel different. Because usually it's just the way you feel different is by putting weird obstacles in your way, right? Right. I, I don't think I've played an A to B style <laughs> action beat em up kind of game where they where they have you walking up massive inclines like that. Actually, yeah, and it's just like 
that one cool. in particular is like it's kind of maze like uh-huh because there's certain like you know there's areas where the the wall is like broken and you have to like kind of walk through or drop through certain areas in the floor and then come back through and then walk up this way and then that's how you find cool power-ups and stuff yeah 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 and then there's a there's certain areas where like there's a gap in the wall, but because of the angle of it, it like it looks like you should be able to walk up to it, but the angle for like jumping up there doesn't really work, mm-hmm. so you can't get to it. So it like walls you off, even though it doesn't look like it should. And it just like it that really kind of like brain bent me a little bit because it's like the way that that stage looks like it's supposed to work isn't the way that it works. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. really have to like reconsider the way that you're thinking about everything that you're looking at. Like that's not a wall. That is a ramp right, that looks right. like the end of the stage, but actually you can just jump up it. You just go up it. Yep. <laughs> like it's, that was uh, that, that stage really stood out to me is like, this is, this is kind of wild. Like I don't, I cannot remember playing a game with a stage like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music the whole time was good too. I, yeah, it's, the music it's a is weird good. game where I feel like I can't think of the music right now. But that happens. I feel like part of the reason that happens when you play these games that we're unfamiliar with is is a lot of times the music that you love or that you can think of on either immediately is because it's been remixed in a ton of other games, like you know, like a Zelda sure. theme, sure, um, or it's one that we've listened to for thirty years. Yeah, and obviously that's a song. It's, or it's a, like. It's a game, it's music that you're used to listening to in a game that you played for dozens of hours, not one. Right. So, the it's, I can't tell you, like, I couldn't hum a song right now from the game, but when I was playing it, I was like, hey, this music's great. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm in the exact same boat. I remember, I remember playing the game and being like, wow, this is really, this is a bop, I like this. Yeah. And I cannot think of any of them right now. But, you know. <laughs> by the time I've edited and uploaded the podcast, there will be music on the thing and I'll be like, Oh yeah, this one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like... that's, that's how I feel. The music will sound. What's, what's really fun. So I've as, as yeah. Okay. All, all the fancy star games have been re- obviously, cause it was the podcast before this one. Wow. I know time is not all, it doesn't have to be linear, but in this instance it does. Um, so obviously <laughs> fantasy star has been released. What's really fun for me is uh, I, I listened to this, so you know OC Remix is like where the remixes are. But then there's this thing called it's like Rainwave, which is a yeah, website yeah. a guy put together where you can listen to like radio station. And um throughout my entire time listening to these, even back when I was downloading individual tracks, I, I remember hearing Fantasy Star music and being like, Oh, that's nice. I like this song. And then actually mm-hmm. playing the game I was like, Oh my god, I love this song. And then you yeah. hear the remix again later and you're like, Man, that's even better. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I actually don't know if there is an Alicia Dragoon remix on OC Remix, but I, this is the kind of music that you would hear and later be like, this is awesome. Yeah. And having like, the having the connection to the to the actual source material does make it a lot better. For sure, for sure. It's part of the reason why people connect so hard to like anime OSTs. It's yeah, like that, oh, that, that makes those sense. songs those songs in and of themselves are kind of nice. But when they attach to your feelings of like getting hype about the show that you like, it's way better. Okay, I'm 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 curious. Hang on. Oh my god. Yep. 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 Okay. I'm I'm linking you this. Oh my god. I've heard this song a billion times. This is this is one of the early OC remix songs that I mm-hmm. downloaded and listened to, and I. Oh my god. That's why that music sounded so familiar. <laughs> 
So literally, here we are, live on live on podcast. You are like revisiting your childhood and being and being like, oh wow, I've I have heard this for like the longest time. Yeah, so this song came out in 2003. Any basically any OC remix song that came out between 2000 and 2004 and 5ish was when my my buddy Kyle and I were downloading the individual tracks from their website and putting them in like a big uh MP3 folder that I would then use like we would listen to while playing Diablo or Starcraft and stuff during high school and nice. so this song I've heard this song a bunch of times and I always really liked it. Man, that's funny. That's so cool. <laughs> and now now ah yeah, that makes sense because when I got to that stage, I was like, this sounds great. And it was actually the maze stage that we were talking about. Oh, excellent. Cool. That's fun. That's cool. So yeah, thanks for thanks for going on that journey with me momentarily as I <laughs> sort of derail what we were talking about. I mean, about. it's okay. We were talking about the we were talking about the game's music. That, so how long did it take you to figure out how the actual force lightning works? You mean were you were you like wait a second and then press the button? No. The fact that it auto-tracks to enemies. Oh, oh! <laughs> I spent the first probably 20 minutes aiming. <laughs> I thought I was aiming the lightning at I monsters. I did too! <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I don't need to press anything. <laughs> to smack the button, things die. Yeah. Make sure, you're, make sure you're charged up. But like, yeah. That like, literally, there's just stuff all over the screen. And like, it just goes where it's supposed to yeah no i i love i love the style of game where you just i just it just feels so good to be blasting out like the end game tier magic right at the start of the game to and, kill like, some bees to, like screen clear some bees and some weird rolly thing yeah like you just blast the whole thing it's dead instantly and even when you don't have it charged up and it doesn't do the screen clearing effect it still feels good to just like shoot lightning out of your hand it comes out so fast and it looks cool it's so fast and it's so big and it it's just that... feels like power yeah it's, th it's that it feels like blast processing for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so like i had a really good time with this Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I'm going to remember it that well. Nope. <laughs> it's, That's it's the weirdest be... thing is like, <laughs> I kind of liked everything about the game and it's been like a week since I played it. And I kind of remember nothing about it. It's, it's going to be one of those experiences that I feel like when we do even the review at the end of the year, we're going to be like, Oh yeah, we played this game. It had cool lightning. And then, then that's, and pets. And I won't remember yep. a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm like <laughs> the, the feeling that I'm going to remember more than anything is how cool it was just firing homing force lightning all over the screen all the time. And, and honestly, in a game like this, that's all you actually need to remember because I'm going to guess there's a large group of people that have played this game and never finished anything past like the third stage. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Right. Like, there, some of the bosses are really unfair. Yeah, they are. Like really unfair. There's that one on the on the airship where you have like no yes. place to stand. Yep. And you're just being spammed with you're just being spammed with shots from all directions. And your sprite is huge, so you can't really avoid things. You're not fast. And, it, and you sort of have it's sort of clunky move. Like it's not clunky, but you're it's just kind of slow you it's, don't, it it's feel... slow movement and you're big and you don't have any way to move quickly 
You don't have yeah. like a slide or a dodge or anything like that. So you have to know what what that boils down to is you have to know exactly when to jump. There's not a lot of wiggle yep. room there because the 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 hitboxes will collide otherwise. Right. And when you have that stage is one that ends with a boss where you have all these all these little dudes like sneaking out and firing pot shots from their different areas of the stage. And there's only so many places to stand and you've got bullets coming at you from like 11 different directions. So you basically just have to out DPS them. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the final two bosses actually have relatively forgiving patterns once you know what they are. Yeah, actually, they were they were actually some of the better bosses. I thought some of the middle some of the middle tier bosses were really unfun and not and not fair at all. Yeah. Aside from the seizure elevator, that boss also was like teleporting to space assault rifles to attack you while other things oh my god i forgot about (laughs) that like like that was an insane fight oh man i forgot about the disembodied assault rifles (laughs) they just they just float up out of nowhere and start shooting you you're like what the hell's happening that was that was amazing that was i did hate that boss but that was that was amazing i mean (laughs) actually while i was playing it and using save states and stuff at the start of the levels, I, I I had this thought of of me playing it as a kid. Not not that I actually did, but I mean, if I were to, have, yeah, yeah, I would have. It would have been one of those games that I would have happily used Game Shark just to experience the rest of the game one yeah. time and then go back to playing it normally yep. because it was a really. It's just cool. Like it's it would have been fun to see the rest of the game, but playing the first couple of levels and then dying would have actually been satisfactory to me as a kid. Yeah, just it's it's an enjoyable it's mm-hmm. an enjoyable twenty thirty minutes of your time even even when you don't get to finish the game yeah that was uh for the longest time that was super ghouls and ghosts for me yeah yeah exactly that was that's what it's, that i game don't think was. it's that it's like yeah you're gonna die in the first half of the game and there's not much you can do about it but it's still fun for that first half of the game mm-hmm. and then yeah, I, eventually I, I rented a game genie from the local video store because they actually had one for rent Sure, I remember you could rent Game Genies and whole consoles. Yep, 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 yep. And we rented that just to beat Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which actually, like, <laughs> I remember um, it worked eventually, but um, <laughs> but before that, we softlocked ourselves <laughs> because there's a thing where... Um, there's a timer in super, in super GNG and the, the way the game genie code worked is you would still take damage. You could just take damage basically forever. Sure. Yeah. So like you'd be walking around and you're in your like naked Arthur. And if you get hit, it would just act like you still had armor. Okay. So you get like the knockback. Yeah. You're not, you're not actually like invulnerable to damage but you'd have infinite life right less you basically have one pip of life forever right you're like two pips of life forever basically and when it and when you get hit it just like counts you back up to two so the thing is when uh when the timer runs out it's supposed to kill you sure that makes sense when the timer runs out and you have that invulnerability code on it just counts as damage Oh my but god, then, so you're just getting thrown back all the time? But then the stage stops working. Oops. <laughs> so like nothing has nothing has collision or takes damage anymore. So you're just kind of in the stage at zero seconds. You could do some weird things with Game Genie game and Game Shark. Uh my my 
my, my buddy Mike was messing around with some kind of game shark code with Super Smash Brothers, and he he actually ruined his copy of Super Smash Brothers for the sixty four. Oh, in that even without the Game Shark being in this console anymore, and just the game being played normally, you can only select Mario. <laughs> <laughs> ruined. Like, so like you would we we were he was like yeah check it out so I like I'd go to select Ness and it'd be like you click Ness and it's like Mario and you're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> well so get you, good at Mario then so you can only play Mario Mario's only <laughs> Mario oh Mario only Final Destination <laughs> yeah I didn't know you could actually damage the cart like I, I don't either, know what but he I did I didn't use game like. I think the SNES is the last system that I actually used a, a cheat device on. I, I I use it for something on 64, but I don't remember what. It was more of just to experience something weird. Like, I yeah. don't know if you ever... if they, they probably just have it as normal modes and stuff in, in Mario 64 now, but there were some hilarious things you could do to Mario where it was, like, uncontrollable speed randomly or Ostrich Mario where his head was stuck in the ground. God, it was funny. Oh yeah, that's like uh, that's Chaos Edition, right, right, right. And th- those were those were originally game G- like Game Shark. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Codes that I remember Kyle and I put in. They were like like you would do a jump, and occasionally you'd do a normal jump, but sometimes you'd just jump all the way across the screen. You're like, oh, <laughs> and it was just like super silly and fun. Oh, that's good. I like that. It's kind. It's kind of like che- like I might have to throw that on the randomizer, just or on, the, on the on the shuffler. Oh yeah, for your for your big event. Yeah, which will be over when they listen to this. This will it will be over, so I'm not really talking about it much. But <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. But as of the time of this episode being published, it will have been three days ago. Because as we learned 15 minutes ago, time is linear. Time is linear. <laughs> time is linear. <laughs> oh my god, I still can't get over. I'm I've as we've been talking, I've been listening to this like five minute, really generic, OC remix song. Yeah, on on repeat, and it's just making me smile the whole time. I can't believe that. As I was using that as the example, it's like, wait, is this real? Did it actually happen? <laughs> I I assumed it did. I assumed it like, even if it wasn't one that you were super familiar with, I assumed there'd be at least one where it's like, oh yeah, I do remember this. It's it's it always makes me. That's that's that that happened to me with Super Ghouls and Ghosts too. When when we played that one, where a couple of the songs was like, oh my god, I love this song, and I don't even know why, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's because I've listened to it a million times, <laughs> and that's that's great. Yep. Um, I did want to show you what the box art looked like in Japan because it's it's really pretty. This will it's, help me too because I'll probably. Whoa, that's awesome! Right? It's Yo! so anime. Like to be fair, the box art that we got actually isn't bad for video game box art in america yeah but, but it isn't this but it's that that is that there that is that very much you're not really sure if you're getting a game or some weird adult novel um that's also true <laughs> but but the i was the, admittedly concerned this was going to be similar to valis when i started yeah. playing it and it but is the, not it's way better than valis oh thank god is it so much i super valis 4 is that is that our is that this year's night? <laughs> I, I think it's probably the worst game we've played this year. I think I don't far. remember everything we've played, but as far as I remember, that is the worst game that that we've had the the, the pleasure of playing. Um, I like. But yeah, the, the, I'm not gonna the, I'm not gonna read through everything we've played this year, but it's generally been good. 
It's actually been it's actually been really good. The last the last few games. Okay, here's the last fifteen games we've played. Okay, between the two of us, fifteen. <laughs> That's a lot of games. I were this Let's is like it. this is like episode twenty four or twenty five this year. Oh yeah, I guess um, you're right. We played yeah. So we got Fantasy Star two. Good. Yeah, that was great. Sonic Spinball, flawed but still fun. Mm-hmm. Comic Zone, same boat. Yep. Spanky's Quest, weird but not bad. <laughs> like not great, but not like not like unfun to play. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 if you if you enjoy the gameplay a little bit, you'll have fun with the game. Uh, Donkey Kong Country two, good, yeah, you, solid. There's yeah. Uh, Mischief Makers, I have issues with it, but generally fun. Uh, Terra Enigma, great. Mm-hmm. River City Ransom, great. Yep. Uh, Fantasy Star One. Yeah, also fantastic. Uh, Bit Generations Dot Stream. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a that's like a it's all that almost deserves its own unique mm-hmm. space because it's such a strange like how it all came together because it's literally just basically some people saying hey let's make this fun thing for five bucks or yeah. twenty bucks or whatever like a super budget title but it's awesome minimalist but yeah. fun interesting cool a a, a a generally enjoyable experience yeah Wario's Woods. Pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Double Dragon, dated, but fine. Yeah, that's actually, Double Dragon might be the weakest game that you've mentioned so far. Yeah, quite possibly. Very possibly. But still significantly better than Super Ballast 4. uh, Kirby's Dream Course, great. Yeah. Wild Guns, incredible. Mario Galaxy, like, good. Like Okay, okay, Mario Galaxy, if we're just comparing it to the games that are here is an, is you know it's a 10 out of 10 mario galaxy compared to mario mother mario games it's like it's good right so like mario galaxy like we discussed it being sort of disappointing but disappointing in the canon of mario games not yeah, compared well, it's, it's... to super valis 4 <laughs> or maximilian right didn't we play that this year oh Actually, yeah okay that's true i well i mean i did yeah, so know. okay i <laughs> super valis 4 was immediately after uh maximilian b and homie d clown so maybe it wasn't the worst game on no, the no, podcast i think no year. i think that puts it into perspective of how bad super valis 4 was it was directly it, after the final round of Cusco grande and i think it's worse than all three of those games i mean it's different because like those game those games are supposed to be bad and so you go in with that mindset, and so you're like, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I still think Shadowgate's not a bad game. It's just a, it's just. I hear it gets worse later. R- okay, fair. I only played it for like four hours or whatever, or three hours, maybe. I forgot you actually played it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't bother with it. Well, Shadowgate 64 is a game that I remember. I think I rented it and played it as a kid, mm-hmm. too. I didn't get very far, but. Um, we also did the uh, we also did the Sega uh, arcade gauntlet. Those games are all pretty good. Yeah, those are it's classic. Yeah, like there's nothing you you can there's nothing really to say about them in terms of good or bad because they're they're very much what they were, especially because they were some of the first of what they were. Right. At least in terms of making that kind of genre popular, mm-hmm. um, like Outrun and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Super Hang On, awesome. Yeah, that game's great. It's hard to, those games are really hard to compare to a standard game when half of the experience was actually like riding on a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like as the actual gameplay that happens on the screen, it's just kind of whatever. Right. (laughs) It's still fun, but like it's definitely not the same as like the full body experience that you get. Yeah. With the actual arcade experience. Yeah, it'd be like comparing Punch Out to um, oh God, what's the arcade mocap boxing or whatever, right? Oh yeah, mocap boxing's not a particularly great game, but what's fun about it is, um, you get to you get to punch for real and then dodge your body around right 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 because if you're talking about just the arcade boxing experience punch out's a better game right right but it doesn't have the it doesn't have the cool stuff yeah hey that punch out we tries to do with like the balance board and the uh and the wiimotes but it's just bad (laughs) did you think marvel avengers could get worse i mean they're they're accidentally doxing people right now. What? <laughs> There's, <laughs> There's a floating string of text that appears on screen in multiplayer reports, and that floating string of text, that's what Marvel Avengers is calling it, that floating string of text just happens to be your IP address. <laughs> so people... <laughs> People streaming it are getting literally doxxed right now. <laughs> I can't buy the company themselves. What the? F- <laughs> Screw it. Super Valus Four is not the worst game <laughs> we've played. <laughs> it's Marvel Avengers. <laughs> Actually, it's not even Marvel Avengers. It's just the experience of Marvel Avengers. I'm not doing a podcast on Marvel's <laughs> Avengers. No, we're not. I, I don't. I don't, I don't care. I've talked about it enough with the bit that I played it. I think that was last year, though. It was. It was like September. Oh man. Oh, good times. So well, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah, me too. The, the the one thing that I thought was fun in the manual that I when I looked it up earlier when we mm-hmm. were talking about the the enemies, it's sort of fun, and I like I like these little nods to the to the old world of uh, manuals, but they they have like a journey log here. So you know how when you die, it gives you your game ranking, like what stage you are, how far you got through, how many things you've killed. Then it gives you like a name, like electric, like if I think if you die in the first stage, you get something like electric slime. Um, Do you remember what you got when you beat the game? No, not at all. I don't remember what I got either. I remember Elven Mage might have been it. Oh, Mm. I don't know what I got as a rating. But anyways, the, the manual has a spot for, like, the last stage, your thunder power, your shoot down rate, and then your ranking. And that yeah, you can yeah. Right into the manual. I thought that was cool. That yeah, it me. actually, like, it, it, it ranks you based on your based on your stats, almost like it's a like it's a character action game or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, that, that's fun. I, I enjoy those old, those, those old uh, manual nods. Hang on, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, yeah, you, oh, God, you have the power. I've got the VOD. Uh, I wonder what, how many different rankings. If I search that, is it just going to give me game rankings, though? I got the rank of Ogre Shaman. Ogre Shaman, that's cool. And I definitely finished the game at level 6. Thunder Power level 6. So Ogre everything Shaman. took a very, very long time to kill. Yeah, that's that's rough. But that's Whoa. why, like, that's why I was saying, like, I actually feel like the, um, I actually feel like the, 
the game is actually built for you to die and go back through it several times so that you can like explore different areas and then find more of those powers, commit them to memory and then become because the game gets significantly easier when you have more when your powers are stronger. Yeah. So the more of those you find, the easier it is to get through the game. And I feel like it is actually built like the things are actually hidden reasonably well. So I feel like going through multiple times does actually help to um, it does actually help to what do you call it to like encourage you, I guess, mm-hmm. to find stuff and get stronger as you go. Yeah, I mean, the re- like like we said, this is one of the this is one of those fun like experiences where replaying the game is actually cool, right? Yeah, yeah. The I was looking at the other titles. I don't know what all of them are, and this is a Japanese site translated to English, so it's even sillier. But there's one that's like Magic Bacteria is a really bad one. Oh. <laughs> Micro B Master, Worm Master. <laughs> Ogre Shaman, I see yours. Elven Mage and Ogre Shaman are B ranks. Okay, that's fine. Then you can get like Sprite Sorceress, Thunder Unicorn. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. Just straight up Wizard. Uh, okay. Salamander. I don't know why that's that's like Super A is Sal... Or, Efreet Salamander? I don't know. Oh, like, 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 is that supposed to be like Efreet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's probably, yes, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Phoenix Master, Griffin Master, good Dragoon is a nice one. Wait, just good Dragoon? No, just, just Dragoon. Oh, okay. That's it. Or just Wizard. Then there's Pegasus Master, Eagle Master, Falcon Master, Anaconda Master, Frog Master, Worm Master, (laughs) Micro B Master. All right. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, that's uh, that's just uh, cool. So you got you got ogre. I think ogre, ogre shamans. That's pretty cool. I'm yeah, that, I'm, not, I'm okay with that one. That's a that's a D and D class that someone would definitely play. <laughs> oh yeah, that was fun. I I liked I liked the the silly. It also did one of my favorite styles of old endings, which is just like kind of a a mini parade. Except instead of a parade, it's just you walking through a little jungle like and getting a handshake from the um the village elder the, or whatever the village elder yeah she's <laughs> like good job you did space. it like you did it nice it's, it's and it just oh, kind of pans man. back over the stages that you've been through because you're like journeying back home me, me, yeah yeah metal, metal gear solid 3 tainted me to uh to a handshake ending forever i don't know if you ever watched the 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 like the mystery theater like the fun theater from metal gear solid 3 where they do all the joke videos Mm-mm. oh dude uh, you should check those out sometime because there's one where the one of the characters gets snubbed and Big Boss. Remember how he won't shake his hand at the end? Yeah. Of the of the of the game, mm-hmm. the guy gets angry and he like they they do just a bunch of funny stuff where he basically chases them down and wants to get a handshake from him. You you should you should definitely watch those sometime. I, I'll send you a a list of them. There if if you've played Metal Gear Solid Three, which I know you have, you'll. It's impossible not to like them because they. The it was staff like fifteen just years ago, so I don't know if it would hit the same, but some of them would because there's one where it's a whole joke between Snake and Raiden, all trying to he like Raiden wants to be the star of the game, but he keeps like missing the spot where he needs to be at the right time, and he's like, "No." <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. That's um, fun. and he's not like supposed to be in the game, obviously. Yeah, because it's Metal Gear Solid Three. 
Right. Um, and there's another one. It literally <laughs> predates him. Do you, do you remember the scene at the end of the game where you're flying away in the, the big jet, right? Like the plane. And uh, Ocelot flies up on his little hover cart thing and then jumps into the plane. And then you have to do like the, 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 you have to like shoot him with the revolver. Or he has to shoot you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that scene? Yes. So the, the joke scene is everything's the same. Except when Ocelot flies up to the side of the plane and jumps in, the other side of the plane is open, so he just rolls out. <laughs> so, so instead of him, you know, it's, it's it's like instead of it being a dramatic scene, he just accidentally falls out of the plane. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's really silly stuff like that. That sounds like fun. It is. Much like Alicia Dragoon. Alicia Dragoon was fun. I still don't think I'm going to remember it, but I'm no. glad that I have played it. Yeah, I'll, I'll remember this tune from OC Remix every time I hear it on that this will, this, radio station. This will probably end up in, like, pretty good one time. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to play it again. It's, it's This is not like a... If they were to remaster this game, maybe maybe I would play it if it was, like, you know, spiced up a bit. But yeah. if it's just the same game on a Sega Genesis collection, because I actually play it on the Sega Mini. I'm, su- I'm surprised this wasn't in the Sega Genesis collection. Yeah, I don't know why it's on the Sega Mini, the the the... The one that was like the official Sega Mini that yeah, was released a yeah. couple years ago. It's on that, but I don't know why it's not part of the the Steam collection. The this like the main collection that's around now on Switch and PS4 and Xbox and Steam. Yeah, yeah. I, it's weird, but because I feel like it would fit right in. It's better than a lot of the games that are in that collection. But whatever. It, it's probably just some weird licensing thing between Gainax and. That's probably uh, true. Because the minis, the minis that the companies went all out. Because hell, even. Nintendo has like you know Final Fantasy VI and that's true stuff on yeah. there and yeah, yeah. games that would otherwise not be. There's so they, probably they... entirely different. Um, there's probably entirely different rules governing whether you can distribute them physically versus digitally. Yeah, because technically those technically that's like a physical release, right? Yeah. Even though it's all yeah. digital games. So they probably still have. Uh, they probably still have rights to distribute them physically like that. Mm-hmm. On that on that platform, I don't know. That that makes so, sense to me. Do we have do we have plans for next week or next next week whenever this is kind of, I don't know I think July so 6th? yeah it'll be it'll be July yeah sixth um because we sort of thought it would be my horrible requests for your it could stream. still be because I could make that happen this week but I got to talk to you about um, which games are actually in it yeah it's kind of hard because some of them are much harder to find than I thought they would be and it's weird at the moment with isos or something i don't know what's going on um i've had trouble finding a couple of the the playstation ones well that's let's let's not talk about that on the podcast well i own all these games physically i'm just trying to give them to you but i don't right right oh uh, i'm giving them to you that's sure okay they're now bye everybody (laughs) we're gonna talk about this in private now We'll see you next week with something, maybe a amalgamation of garbage.